finish up the sermon that I've been working on here on abundance. And so we are on the seven things, and we got to the first thing. And so we're going to finish out, I believe, the last six. How does that sound? <laughs> I believe in the name of Jesus. God, I just yield myself to you, spirit, soul, and body, and I thank you, God, that this word, this seed, falls upon good ground, good soil, and it brings forth a mighty harvest in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. The first one was that he supplies in famine. We found out how he supplies in famine. Number two our blessings in life and let's turn to Genesis 26 24 blessings in life you know you talk to Christians nowadays and they don't sound like they're very blessed it's amazing to me how many down believers they are there are when they should be excited I had someone tell me that was a backslider a while back it was quite interesting and they said you know really you should be real excited what's going on because that means Jesus is coming am I correct and I said yes I wanted to say aren't you a little concerned but I thought why bother let God deal with them okay so let's go ahead and look at um, 1st <laughs> Kings seventeen thirteen. did I say First Kings? No, I said Genesis 26, 24. I'm so, if you saw this, this is just real purdy to try to teach off of. So, 26, 24. And it says, And the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father. Fear not, for I am with you and will favor you with blessings and multiply your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. For the sake of my servant, Abraham. You know, the um, Sunday, Anita said it straight. There was one person that sowed in famine, and that was Isaac. So I wanted to get that straightened out here. And Isaac built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there, and there Isaac's servants were digging a well. Then Abimelech went to him from Gerar with Ahuzah, one of his friends, and Pickal, that's the only way I can figure it out, his army's com commander. And Isaac went to them, Why have you come to me, seeing that you hate me and have sent me away from you? They said, We saw the Lord was certainly with you. So we said, Let, us, let there be now an oath between us, carrying a curse with it to befall the one who breaks it even between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you. So when we go back here, it says, The Lord appeared to him, in verse 24, the same night, and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father. Fear not, for I am with you, and will favor you with blessings, and multiply your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. You know, we can go back to this, this scripture and talk to God about this and remind him of this promise because of Abraham you promised to give us favor you promised to bless us you promised to multiply our descendants because of Abraham so I don't know how many of you have done that but I've gone back to God many times and taken scriptures and said especially you know when you talk about Abraham and brought these to him and said listen this is this is what you promised, and I'm standing on this. Okay, number three was protection. And let's look at 2 Kings 6.16. God promises us protection. You talk to a lot of people, and they think the world is coming to an end. It is, but God promises to protect us. Amen? He said he's not destined us to wrath, and that means tribulation. I believe that there are a lot of people that believe that, that we are going to be going through tribulation. I don't. 
Okay. There's pre-trib, post-trib. What is it, post-trib? Is it pre-trib, post-trib? And you're going to go through the whole thing. And they all have scriptures for it. It was interesting when we were at Ramah. Pastor has a book right now that he's reading from one of the men that came to Ramah and talked about Israel. And he's gone on to be with the Lord. He, he was a good speaker. It was very funny. His name was Jim Spillman. If you ever want to get his book, it's very, I don't know how many books he has, but this one's a very small book. And Pastor's in the middle of reading it right now. Okay. He says he will give us protection. 2 Kings 6.16 6, I don't know about you, but I many times, probably in the last three months, many times I could have been in accidents, and I know the angel of the Lord protected me from those drivers that are out there. How many have noticed how I don't know what is going on with people. They just fly out. They don't look. They just do whatever. You know, they go through lines. They don't look when they turn to the left or the right. Put it in gear and just move it. Okay, let's start with 16. Elijah answered, Fear not, for those with us... Let's go ahead and look at this a little bit. This is one of my favorite Elisha stories. Um, let's see. There was so much... This is the one where he, where he dropped the, the axe head, fell into the water. The man of God said in verse 6, Where did it fall when shown the place? Elijah cut off a stick and threw it in there, and the iron floated. He said, Pick it up. And he put it on his hand and took it. The king, when the king of Syria was warning, warring against Israel, after counseling with his servants, he said, In such and such a place shall be my camp. Then the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you pass not such a place, for the Syrians are coming down there. And the king of Israel sent to the place of which Elijah told and warned him. And thus he protected and saved him there repeatedly. Notice he says he protected them and saved himself there. Let's go back a little bit. The man of God sent to the king of Israel. This is in 2 Kings 6, verse 9. Then the man of, Zan the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you pass not such a place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent, the, sent to the place of which Elijah told and warned him, and thus he protected and saved himself there repeatedly. Therefore the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. He called his servants and said, Will you show me who of us is for the king of Israel? One of his servants said, servant said None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedchamber. That's pretty heavy when you think about that. He said, go and see where he is, that I may send, a, send and seize him. And it, and it was told him he was in Dotham. So the Syrian king sent their horses, chariots, and a great army. They came by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God rose early and went out, Behold, an army with horses and chariots was around the city. Elijah's servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Elijah answered, Fear not, for those with us are more than those with them. And then Elijah prayed, Lord, I pray you open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round and about Elisha. And when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, Smite this people with blindness, I pray you. And God smote them with blindness, as Elijah asked. 
Elisha said to the Syrians, This is not the way or the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek, and led them to Samaria. That's pretty powerful when, you know, here's this man, and I, you know he was fearful. He shouldn't have been with Elijah. Elisha, forgive me. But God, he prays, Lord, open this man's eyes so he can see. And he opens the young man's eyes, and he saw. Behold, the mountains, in verse 17, were full of horses and chariots of fire rounding about Elisha. Horses and chariots of fire. Have you ever wondered how many times maybe the mountains are filled with horses and chariots of fire round and about you? God will do whatever he has to do to protect you. Praise the Lord. Okay. Let's look at um, 2 Corinthians 16.9. Protection. No. Jesus said, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. The word says that power and love and a sound mind. These things are needed today. So many people do not have a sound mind today because they are so full of fear. And they, they're not walking in love. They're becoming angry at every little situation. And that's an area that we need to be careful of. Being becoming angry because the Bible talks about angry men that were to stay away from them and it's very easy to get upset and allow yourself to become angry and there's a spirit that if you get angry enough and you allow yourself to become angry enough you're going to open yourself up to that spirit and you'll find you're becoming angrier and angrier at every situation that goes around you that's that seemingly looks impossible but with God all things are possible you know God knows exactly what he's doing in this hour he knows exactly what's going on he hasn't dropped off the throne or taken a vacation he's on the throne and he knows exactly what's going on and he's speaking into existence things and he's expecting us to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in everything we do amen praise God so let's move on and let's look at this. 2 Corinthians 16, 9. 1 Corinthians. I am so sorry. 1 Corinthians? Are you sure? Oh, is it? So it's got to be first. Okay. Sorry. I was writing this down really quick tonight with a cat on my lap that did not want to move. Max is so old right now. He's... He's 22, and he when he doesn't want to move, he does not want to move. Does this go along with it, though? Okay. I don't think this is what I want. For a wide door of opportunity for effectual service has opened to me, there are great promising ones, and there are many adversaries. I don't know if that's what I want. We'll see. When Timothy arrives, see to it that you put him at ease, so that he may be fearless among you, for he is devotedly doing the Lord's work just as I am. So see to it that no one despises him or treats him as if he were of no account or slights him, but send him off cordially, Feed him on his way in peace that he may come to me, for I am expecting him to come along with the other brethren. As for our brother Apollos, I have urgently encouraged him to visit you with one with the other brethren, but it is not at all his will or God's will that he should go now. He will come when he has opportunity. You know, it's... Um, we can when I read Paul's life, I can't imagine what it was like. You never you never you know you wanted to go and visit people. You had plans to go visit people, but here you sat in jail writing letters. Not you know just just hearing here and there about, about what's going on, but truly wondering, you know, really 
really trusting not man, but what the Spirit of God's saying to you, he had to really have a relationship with the Holy Ghost. That's why he said, I pray in tongues more than all of you. Because men will tell you anything. Men will tell you whatever you want to hear. Okay, let's look at Psalms 34, 7. How many know that? Man, many times, will tell you whatever you want to hear. The Lord will tell you the truth. Sometimes you don't want to hear what he has to say, but he will tell you the truth. Okay, Psalms 34, 7. I love this scripture. It says, The angel of the Lord encamps around about those who fear him, who revere and worship him with awe, and each of them he delivers. O taste and see that the Lord our God is good. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is the man who takes, who trusts and takes refuge in him. O fear the Lord, you as saints, revere and worship him, for there is no want to those who truly revere and worship him with godly fear. There is no want to those who truly revere and worship him with godly fear. So he's promising that there is no want if you're worshiping him and revering him with godly fear. Thank God. Praise God. I remember as a young Christian, I used to stand on this scripture all the time. It says in verse 6, The poor man crieth, and the Lord heareth him, and saved him out of all his troubles. Let's go ahead and look at verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. This is for us in this hour. <laughs> My life makes it boast in the Lord. Let the humble and afflicted hear and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. I sought and inquired of the Lord and required him of necessity and on the authority of his word. That's two, that's dissect this here a minute. I sought, inquired of the Lord, and required him of necessity and on the authority of his word. So he's saying here that we can come to him, seek him, require him of necessity on the authority of his word. And he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. The top of my Bible, it says, this is a psalm of David when he pretended to be insane before Abimelech, who drove him out and he went away. That must have been something to watch. Um, they looked to him and he was, he, they looked to him and were radiant, and their faces shall never blush for shame or be confused. The poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. And the angel of the Lord encamps around and about those who fear him. So you have an angel that's encamping around and about you at all times. Hallelujah. Psalms 91.4. Thank God. It doesn't matter how bad it gets. That angel will be around and about. Encamped around and about, encamped around and about you. In, in other words, it's camped there. That angel, you know, a lot of people like to go camping. I personally don't, but some people do. You go camping, and that angel's there. He's encamped around and about you. He's with you at all times. Well, let's start with one. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty whose peace no foe can withstand. So if you dwell in the secret place and remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty whose foe can, no foe can withstand, 
I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God on him, lean and rely, and in him I confidently trust. You know, you can go into a situation, maybe at work or anywhere, and you can say, God, you are my refuge. You're my fortress. You're my God. On you I lean and rely, and in you I confidently trust. For then he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. Then he will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings shall you trust and find refuge. His truth and his faithfulness are a shield and a buckler. You shall not be afraid of terror of the night, nor the arrow of the evil plots and slanders of the wicked that flies by day. You know, there can be as many evil plots and slanders about you as they want, but you're not to be afraid of that. God is your source, and he is your protector. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Psalms 125.2. Go ahead and look at one. Those who trust in, lean on, and confidently hope in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved but abides and stands fast forever. As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people from this time forth and forever. He's round about his people from this time forth and forever. Forever means forever. There's no end to him. Thank God. Zechariah 2.5. You know, it's interesting in the day that we live in, there's so much going on and people are like I shared Sunday, the two things that God promises in third child too, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers, are the two things that our government is are trying to take away from people and are the two things that, that people in the natural, even Christians in the natural, are so concerned about. And... There are so many fearful believers out there. The one place where they should be is running to church to hear the word of God. Instead, they're filling themselves up with everything else but the word of God. You know, I'm going to get to a scripture in a little bit that'll, that'll be a blessing to you. Okay, Zechariah 2.5. Four. I, says the Lord, will be to her a wall of fire round and about, and I will be the glory in the midst of her. I will be a fire. I will be to her a wall of fire round and about, and I will be the glory in the midst of her. So God will be a fire and the glory in the midst of us. Hallelujah. What a promise. Luke twenty one eighteen. Take these, study these, meditate on these. Trust me. You know, Pastor was saying earlier that in Illinois there was two towns that were pretty much completely wiped out by a it's a tornado, I guess, in Chicago it wouldn't be a hurricane but completely wiped out. Did they expect that? No. You know, it's amazing when we lived in Oklahoma how, you know, you, when, you hear, when you're there, you hear the local news and you hear, you know, what people are saying. When you see a tornado, how it rips through something, there would be houses that would be standing and those houses that were standing we found out later through the newscasters, they were believers. But 
all around them, there would be houses that were completely demolished, but they were believers. They were standing on the word of God. They were tithers and givers and standing on the word of God. You know, the Bible says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Hallelujah. You know, you hear Jesse Duplantis speak about the time they had that, probably was a hurricane, was it a hurricane or a, probably a hurricane down there in that area where he remembers his, I believe it was his father, it was either his father or his mother go out on the porch and rebuke that thing and he was just a little kid and he wanted to watch it. And I, be, I believe, if I remember, if it was his story, the thing split and went around the house. It wouldn't get near them. You know, for a little kid to see something like that, that makes a believer them the rest of their life. You know, when you, and you, you know, even though he got away from the things of God for a period of time, he came back, and when he came back, he came back powerful, preaching the word of God. Okay. Um, Exodus fourteen fourteen. Praise God. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. This is where most people miss it. They don't hold their peace. They keep talking and talking. And let's, look, let's go up a little bit here. Um, Moses told the people, verse 13, Fear not, stand still, firm, confident, undismayed and see the salvation of the Lord which he will work for you today for the Egyptians you have seen today you shall never see again in other words God said I am going to annihilate them the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace and remain at rest notice what he says the Lord will fight for you you will hold your peace and remain at rest. How many have ever gone through something? One of the hardest things to do is to hold your peace and remain at rest. Hold your peace and remain at rest. This is something that you, we have to learn how to cast down every imagination and reasoning and bring every thought captive to the obedience of the Word of God. That's the only way you can hold your peace and remain at rest, especially in the hour that we're living in. I don't even like, to, I don't even want to hear the news. I don't even like to hear the news. Once in a while I'll feel led to turn it on, but it's not, it's not edifying. It's not bringing any glory to God. If anything, it's sucking, it, it's literally sucking, draining people of their Christianity and their beliefs and the, and the power. What it's, what it's literally doing is sucking the power out of people. You can see it and causing people to become angry and irritated and aggravated. That's not, that's not God's way of doing things. So here he's saying here, Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace and remain at rest. The Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the Israelites shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I will, and I behold, I will harden, make stubborn and strong the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall go into the sea after them, and I will gain honor 
over Pharaoh and his host, his chariots and his horsemen. And the angel of the Lord went, who went before the host of Israel moved and went behind them. Now let's look at this. Verse 18, the Egyptians shall know and realize that I am the Lord when I have gained honor and glory over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. And the angel of God, who went before the hosts of Israel, moved and went behind them. So instead of before them, he went behind them. I want you to know your angel will move wherever he has to move. If he has to move to the right side of you, he'll move over there. If he has to move to the left side, he'll move over there. If he's in front of you and he needs to go to the back, he's going to, you know, it's very interesting. If you've ever seen angels, they're not, little, they're not little things that are naked with little tiny wings flapping around. I want you to know that, okay? So here, here it goes. He's saying, so he says to Moses, um, lift up your rod. I'm giving you this rod. So let's see. Hang on. He moves behind them, coming between the hosts of Egypt and the host of Israel. It was a cloud and darkness to the Egyptians, but it gave light by night to the Israelites. So this is so powerful. Here it's a cloud of darkness to Egypt. You know, if you go somewhere where there's no lights, it's dark. Okay, <laughs> unless there are a lot of stars out. But it was, gave light by night to the Israelites, and the one host did not come near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord's, Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land. So this strong east wind went all night long. Is that what your Bible says? And made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the Israelites went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went in after them into the midst of the sea, even the Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And in the morning watched the Lord through the pillar of fire and cloud looked down on the host of the Egyptians and discomforted them and bound, clogged, took off their chariot wheels, making them drive heavily. That's, any of you ever tried to drive without your wheels? And the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, and the Lord, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. And the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon the chariots and the horsemen. So Moses stretched his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its strength and normal flow. When the morning appeared, the Egyptians fled into it, being met by it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians and shook them off into the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all the hosts of Pharaoh that pursued them. Not even one of them remained. But the Israelites walked on dry ground in the midst of the sea, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And, the, and Israel saw the great work which the Lord did against the Egyptians, and the people reverently feared the Lord and trusted in, relied on and remained steadfast to the Lord and his servant Moses. How quickly did they change? Okay. Number three, strength, strength and weakness, and that is Isaiah 41.10.
Praise God. You have strength and weakness. Fear not, there is nothing to fear, for I am with you. Do not look around you in terror and be dismayed. For I am your God, I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. Yes, I will help you, yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand of righteousness and justice. For I am the Lord your God, in verse 13, for I am the Lord your God, hold, you, hold your right hand. I am the Lord who says to you, fear not, I will help you. So let's look at this. Fear not, there is nothing to fear. You know, daily, you need to tell yourself that. Fear not, there's nothing to fear. There's nothing to fear. You might want to write this on a 3 by 5 card and put it someplace, a couple places. He says, for I am with you. Do not look around you in terror and be dismayed. Do not look around. Remember many, many times he tells us to not, don't look to the left, don't look to the right, but look straight on. Amen. Do not look around you in terror and be dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand of righteousness and justice. I know that there are those out, out there that have never heard what dismay means, so I'm going to read it tonight. I feel led that I'm supposed to read it tonight, so I will read it. Dismayed. I think... When God gave me this, when I looked it up the first time, it changed my life. So for those of you that have never heard this, this is your night or your day. Dismayed. To make afraid or discouraged at the prospect of trouble or danger. Fill with apprehension or alarm. To daunt a loss of courage or confidence at the prospect of trouble or danger, consternation. So it hasn't even happened. Somebody has said it can happen or it could happen. And this is where we are right now in our nation. This is where we are. If you listen to the newscasters, they're all, they're all saying this could happen. Well, my God can change it around anytime he wants. So am I going to allow myself to become dismayed? You know, it's like, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungod ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the word of the Lord and in his word Doth he meditate day and night? If you sit in the midst and listen to those three categories of people, you will become dismayed. There's no way out of it. Okay? Dismay suggests fear, or especially in modern usage, discouragement at the prospect of some difficulty or problem which is not which does not quite know how to resolve, which you don't know how to resolve. It says, I was dismayed at the lack of understanding. Because I didn't have understanding, I was dismayed. Dismayed again. To make afraid or discouraged at the prospect of trouble or danger. Okay. It suggests terror. There are so many people in fear and terror 
in this hour. That is not God's plan. I will tell you right now. This, the song that keeps going, coming to me is, Whose report do you believe? I shall believe the report of the Lord. Am I going to believe God? Or am I going to believe the enemy? Which one am I going to believe? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners or in the seat of the scornful. And I want to look up scornful a minute while, we're, while I have this dictionary out here. And let's see what scornful are. I find that very interesting. Have we ever looked up scornful? Scornful. Okay, full of scorn. So, scorn. Here we go. To mock. A feeling that a person or thing is mean and contemptible. Disdain, extreme contempt. Contemptuous treatment or distrained utterance. An object of this feeling, person or thing held in contempt or disdain. To regard with scorn. Consider mean and contemptible, despise. To refuse or reject as means of contemptible, spurn with scorn. So it says we're not to sit with the scornful, with those that scorn. Boy, I'll tell you, it's not hard to find a scorner nowadays at all. That's why the Lord tells us we need to shut our mouths. To scorn is to scoff, mock, or jeer. Synonym is to despise. Scornful, full of scorn, having or showing contempt and disdain. You know, I hate to say this, but a lot of Christians have become scornful okay Isaiah 43 1, 2, and 3 number 5 is companionship Did we do um, number three? Yeah, we did. We did number four, strength and weakness. Number five is companionship in trials. Isaiah 43, 1 to 3. But now in spite of past judgments for Israel's sins, thus says the Lord, He who created, created you, O Jacob, and who formed you, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed you and ransomed you by paying a price. Instead of leaving you captives, I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned or scorched, nor will the flame kindle upon you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, I give Egypt to the Babylonians for your ransom, Ethiopia and, and Seba, a providence of Ethiopia, in exchange for your release. Because you are precious in my sight and honored, and because I love you, I will give men in return for you and people in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east where they are dispersed and gather you from the west. I will say to the north. This is some, some scriptures that you, one scripture you might want to stand on for your relatives. I will say to the north, give up. And to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. So, 
He's a companion in trials. Thank God. He overshadows us. Matthew 10, 30 to 31. This is number six. so much here I'm going when do I stop <laughs> but even are not that's good for 28 and do not be afraid of those who kill your body but cannot kill the soul but rather be afraid of him who can destroy both soul and body in hell Gahana. Are not two little sparrows sold for a penny, and yet not one of them will fall to the ground without your father's leave, consent, and notice? But even the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear then, fear not then, you are more value than many sparrows. Hallelujah. I have so many scriptures for this that... Um, I'm just going to give you the scriptures and you can look them up. How's that? Or we'll be here all night. <laughs> Psalms 115.12 Matthew 6.32 I could make this a whole live sermon. Luke 12.7 And First Peter five seven. And then the last number seven is plenty of supplies in times of need. And let's look at these are some of my favorites. Um, First Kings Deuteronomy two seven is one, but let's look at First Kings seventeen. So this is plenty of supplies in times of need. First Kings. So in other words, you're not going to need to stock up all this food in your, take a room in your house. And First Kings 17. I love this. <clears throat> Anytime I see big crows, I think about this. <laughs> Let's go to verse 1 of 17. Elijah, the Tishbite of the temporary resi res residence of Gilad, said to Ahab, As the Lord thy God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew or rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Go from here and turn east and hide yourself by the brook Chirith, east of the Jordan. You shall drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he did according to the word of the Lord. He went and dwelt by the brook Chirith, east of the Jordan, and the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening and he drank of the brook and after a while the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land and the word of the Lord came to him arise go to Zarephath which belongs to Sidon and dwell there now listen when 
things start to happen, you have to be willing to move out when the Holy Spirit tells you to. You know, he might tell you, go over to Donovan and there's going to be a field there and you need to sit there, park your car and sit there and wait. Are you going to do it? Are you going to go, oh, that has to be my imagination. Okay. So he commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, where he came to the gate of the city. Behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her, bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. As she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. <laughs> no, please. No, thank you. Here he gets in there. He's just or issuing out orders. You know, it's kind of like when God told the Israelis to go and borrow the silver and the gold. Give me your gold. Give me your silver. There's such authority. God said, do it. And when they went to each house and did it, there was such authority upon them of, from the Lord that the people handed it over. Okay? This is what, if, if I can get anything in us tonight, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And the authority in you, he who lives in you, has all authority when he tells you to do something, when the time, if a time comes where you are put in a predicament and he tw tells you to do something, it will happen. Because he's told you to do it and you go do it. Even though you look at the situation I've been here before and I look at it and I think, you got to be kidding. And he said, do it. And it happens exactly how he tells you to do it. So he rose and went to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called her, bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. As she was going to get it, he called her and said, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, as the Lord your God lives. Lotus, she says, as the Lord your God lives. I have not a loaf baked, but only a handful of meal in a jar and a little oil in a bottle. See, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and bake it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. That's all she had. Can you imagine? That's all she had. Most people in America, if that's all they had, they'd be absolutely going wild. They'd be jumping in a welfare line somewhere. Forgive me. Okay. Okay. I'm controlling myself right now. <laughs> Don't look at me and laugh, Laurel. I mean, this is... An oil, a bottle, of, a jar of meal, and a bottle of oil. So she, so she did as Elijah said. He said, "For thus says the Lord thy God of Israel: the jar of meal shall not waste away, and the bottle of oil fail until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth." So, in other words, get to bacon, lady. After these things, the, let's see, he says to her, Fear not, go and do as you have said, but make me a little cake of it first and bring it to me. After. Now, listen to this. He's telling her, make me a little cake first. That's all she had. He is prophesying of what's going to happen here. Bake me a cake first. I 
I'm going to find my place again. Bake me a little cake of it first and bring it to me and afterwards prepare some for yourself and your son for thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of meal shall not waste away or the bottle of oil fail until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. And she did as Elijah said and she and her she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of meal was not spent, nor did the bottle of oil fail, according to the word which the Lord spoke through Elijah. After these things, this, and then it goes on and talks to her where this, this kid comes back to life. Okay. We see that that's all she had. Now, I want to look at this other one really quick because this was... I just find this amazing. 1 Kings 19, 6. I just, this is all, this, all of Kings just amazes me. This talks about, um, well, I'm going to let you go home, and, and this is Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and he gets up, he lays down he goes to sleep the angel touches him in verse 5 and he looked and behold there was a cake baked on the coals and a bottle of water at his head and he ate and drank and lay down again and the angel of the Lord came a second time and touched him and said arise and eat for the journey is too great for you. So he rose and ate, drank, and went in the strength of that, of that food forty days and nights to Horeb, the Mount of God. Boy, this must have been powerful food. That's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I'd like to find me some of this food that you just only have to eat once, and it's going to last you for f <laughs> twice, and it's going to last you for forty days, and you're going to be strong and have so much strength. Man, if you only had to eat one or twice in 40 days and you had all this strength, that'd be wonderful. You wouldn't have to worry about cooking or cleaning or none of that boring stuff that we have to do. Anyway, the rest of the scriptures here I'm going to give to you are 1 Kings 19.6. Is that the one I just, yeah. Um, 2 Kings 3.20 and 2 Kings... Four six. Second Kings seven eight. Matthew fourteen twenty, and Philippians four nineteen. Did you get all those? Okay. Where where didn't you? What didn't you get? Okay. Everybody out. First Kings nineteen six. Second Kings three twenty. 2 Kings 4, 6, 2 Kings 7, 8, Matthew 14, 20, and Philippians 4, 19. Did you get all of them? Praise God. I love to read 2 Kings, 1 and 2 Kings. You know, whenever, um, if I just want to open up the Bible and just read, just go and just read. I mean, really just, how can I put this? Not really study, but read. You all know what I'm talking about? Then I'll, I'll go to Kings. Because, I mean, you are studying, but you see how God moved time and time and time again on these people that had such great needs. And every time God moved, and every time God fulfilled. Praise God. Okay, let's go ahead and pray. Praise you, Father. Father, I pray that each one of us will go home and study these scriptures to build our faith up, because faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So as we read these, we'll We'll speak them out, read them out loud, and it'll build up our faith.
to where we realize that you you got our back. That's the best way I can put it. You you if you have to move from in front of us to in back of us to protect us, you will. No matter where you've got where you've got to move that angel or whatever, you're going to do this. If you have to send birds, you know it's interesting. You sent quail and manna. You you fed Elijah with is it Elijah or Elisha? I can't even remember the, the two. You fed with meat and bread. God, we never have to concern ourselves of not having anything because that's part of your promise. You've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. I pray, God, abundance supernatural abundance on every person that are, is hearing these tapes. I pray, God, that they are going to find themselves walking out in areas that they never thought spiritually that they would walk and operate in the things of the Spirit. Jesus fed the multitudes. He provisioned was met. And that is your desire. Beloved, you wish above all things that we prosper and we be in health as our soul prosper. And God, we need to realize that your word is truth. That we must be careful. Jesus said, watch what you hear. And in this hour, we need to watch what we hear. And I give you praise, glory, and honor. I ask you to bless this Thanksgiving holiday for each person and each family, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.